Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. All right, grab your Bibles with me this morning. I want to deal with a subject we're going to title No Vacancy. No Vacancy. Uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 13. Now, this is actually part two of a sermon that I started week before last. We took a break for Father's Day. Uh, and for you that are here on Father's Day, I know you were tremendously blessed by the Father's Day message that my son brought. Amen. But I'm going to, to tie into what I dealt with two weeks ago. And as far as I'm concerned, if you will get a hold of this concept, it's going to change spiritual warfare as you know it. God just seemed to burden me, or I just began to recognize how many Christians were in constant battles. And I began to notice the atmosphere that, that a lot of Christians put off is that it's a constant struggle. And that the devil has always beaten me up. And I just don't know what I would do if I didn't have this certain brother and sister. And, and I knew that that was not uh, the picture that the New Testament draws. Because the Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and I believe that the, the main reason for this is for out of, if I may use this word, ignorance. I don't mean stupid. That's a difference. Ignorance of not knowing. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I submit to you that some of you are fighting a whole lot of battles that you never really win because your strategy is not right. So my goal in, in, in my last uh, session and this one this morning is to get you to have a scriptural basis of a new strategy that you cannot help but walk in total victory. That's what you call gospel right there. Good news that there are a lot of battles that you are fighting and continue to fight simply because you have not learned how to uh, strategize, if you will, according to the Word of God. So that's what I want you to take away from today, okay? All right, let's go. Matthew chapter number 13. The title today is No Vacancy. When's the last time you've seen a sign like that? I remember when I was a kid, we'd go on vacation and pulling up to hotels, we'd see these. No vacancy. We'd have to pull out and go somewhere else. I mean, we couldn't come in. Are you following me? Uh, I don't think they have these no more. Matthew, chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 43. Now, what I'm dealing with, I don't know if I'll go any further with this concept, but I, what I'm dealing with is the very foundational truths as far as a born-again believer. There's a spiritual warfare that goes beyond what I'm going to teach in this class this morning. But what I'm dealing with is what you have access to as a born-again believer. Just to deal with you. Okay? Just to deal with you. This could be some of the most valuable information that you'll ever receive in your life if you're able to take your religious glasses off and, and see this for what it is. Uh, my daughter, Lacey, she almost, she confirmed this message with turn the light on. I started to change the title, but I didn't. Okay, 43 says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. This is a man that's been born again. He walks through dry places seeking rest 
and findeth none. Then he said, that unclean spirit says, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he comes and finds it, come on now, get me out out there. When he finds it vacant, when he finds it empty, swept and garnished, then he goes back into that house. But he don't go in alone. He takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Wow. Are, are y'all with me? He come back looking for what? He come back looking for what? He came back looking for an empty spot. He come back looking for an empty spot. That is so good. Meaning he couldn't come back and demand to come in again. Woo, somebody ought to shout right there. He couldn't come back and say, I'm coming back in. He had to come back in and find a void that he could come back into. That he could come back into. He goes back, takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. And the last state of that man is seven times worse than it was before. Uh, Romans chapter number 1, verse number 20. Nisha, can you give me that? I'm not going to turn there. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 20. This is a powerful scripture. Can you give me 19 and 20? Uh, it's hard to do that in Romans because you're jumping right in the middle of a flowing concept. Um, but let's look at this. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. It's kind of tough in the King James Version. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. Catch this. Stay with me. Look at the scripture. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. Anisha, I want to put that one scripture right by itself, verse 20. Verse 20. This scripture is telling us we have no excuse for not understanding God or the things of God because of the things He created. Let's read it again. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They are understood by looking at the things that are made. Even God's eternal power, the Godhead, that's, that's saying that we can understand God through the things that He created, the realms that He created, so that they are without excuse. Let's pray together. Now, once again, I'm going to need you to put on your spirit, man, to get a hold of this revelation this morning. Amen. Don't listen with your carnal ears. Father, Thank you for your overwhelming presence that's been in this place already today, Lord. 
Now we come before you uh, imploring the divine aid of heaven for understanding and revelation. Let the light come on today, Lord. That's all we need. People will leave changed if the light comes on. One revelation will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Holy Spirit, we're releasing you right now to be our teacher, our tutor, and our guide. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout amen. The Bible plainly states that he calls our God the invisible God. More than one time, the Bible calls our God the invisible God. And this scripture that I just read here, amen, makes it very clear, amen, that there are two realms that you and I have to deal with. A visible realm, matter of fact, Colossians. Did I give you a Colossians scripture? Would you let us look at that, please? Colossians. The Bible says, for by him, talking about our invisible God, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Both visible and invisible were created by God. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. This one scripture, amen, uh, opens the door to a lot of great teaching, but, but, but I just want to extract uh, for the sake of context this morning. This scripture proves that there are two realms that you and I deal with, the visible realm and the invisible realm. Amen? We have access and understand the visible realm by five avenues, the five senses of man. We, we access the visible realm by our seeing, our hearing, our tasting, our smelling, and our feeling. Amen. That's what gives us access to the visible realm that you and I live in. That's what helps us to understand it and to inter, interact with it. Amen. But there is an invisible realm that can only be understood by the Spirit. Amen. And, and, and you would do good to learn that early because if you try to live in a spiritual state using your five senses, you'll always be depressed. You'll always be confused. Amen. And it's the danger of trying to access a spiritual kingdom in the flesh. Because your eyes will always contradict what the Spirit is saying about your situation. Uh, can I get a witness here? Amen. That you can open up the light of God's Word and it's telling you you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Amen. But your eyes are seeing defeat. Amen. And so one of the most depressing, oppressing, confusing thing that a Christian can do is to try to maintain Christianity in the flesh. Matter of fact, if you try that, every word you hear will be condemnation. Why? Because this is a spiritual book and it's spirit, speaking to the spirit within you and that spirit thinks above and beyond your carnal mind. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. You can't grasp it. Your mind can't wrap around it because it's so trained, amen, to act and react according to the five kings, seeing, hearing, tasting, feeling. But the spirit realm, amen, can only be understood through the spirit and by the spirit. But God is so awesome. In His grace and mercy and realizing who we are and how we are as man, amen, He literally said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a whole world around you. 
And because I am spirit, everything will be created by the spirit. So the principles that runs the natural universe will be your first clue of spiritual concepts. Are you following me? So Romans literally says, God said, I'm going to take stuff you can't understand to help you understand the things you don't understand. Amen? He said, if you can just look at the world around you, you can take those same principles that runs the universes I created and you can glean spiritual truths from them. And he so said it to where he said, therefore, don't come to me telling me you don't know. He said, because that takes away all excuses of ignorance. Wow. Can, can I just wade through this this morning? All right. So he said, I'm going to take, and, and then I begin to look at the, the teachings of Jesus. Jesus, one-third of Jesus' teaching was in parables. Jesus was the genius at taking natural principles to, to bring to light spiritual concepts. Amen? Because a parable is simply uh, an, ex, an explanation by comparison. Okay? By comparison or contrast. So in other words, Jesus would take things when he was with the fishermen, he would start saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. That when it's cast into the sea, it starts pulling in. And, 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 uh, and he's talking about fishing in nets, but he's teaching them a deep spiritual revelation. And even the fishermen are saying, duh, I got it. I got it. He, he would be with the, uh, uh, the shepherd and he would talk about uh, uh, that the shepherd would leave the 99 to go get the one. And as a result, the, even the shepherd could say, oh my God, I understand. It, it makes sense to me now. He, he would be with the farmers uh, walking through the field and say, except a grain of corn fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it fall to the ground and die, it brings forth fruit. And he was teaching spiritual concepts that even the farmer could say, I got it. Now I understand it. It was like the light would come on when he would use natural principles. Well, this morning... I want to go to the next level in helping you understand the battle that you're in every day. And I hope to help you to understand that the battle that you're in is, is, is already won. And I'm even going to say this, it's easily won if you got the right information. Are you with me? So the very first concept that God, amen, and, and by the law of mention, Benz, this was the first mentioned concept in the Bible. It has to be the most important in your life. And the concept was the difference between darkness and light. We're going to use a contrast. We're going to use a comparison. Are you with me? The Bible says in the beginning was, uh, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and... Void. The earth was without form and empty. The earth was without form and empty. And darkness covered the face of the deep. 
So here is a chaotic mess. I'm going to have to just digress just a little bit from two weeks ago. God is standing there. The earth is a chaotic mess. Amen. Uh, and darkness has covered everything. There's, there's, there's no order. There's no division. Amen. The waters are mixed with the land. The sky is mixed with the, uh, the, the, the ground. And uh, uh, everything is a chaotic mess. And, and God steps up on the scene and says, let there be light. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. I think it's amazing that God didn't come on the scene rebuking darkness. I need y'all to catch this. He didn't come on the scene saying, you sorry, no good for nothing. Darkness, look what you have done. You have filled the whole earth with darkness. I bind you and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Go back to where you came from. He never even confronted the darkness. He never addressed the darkness. He never spoke to the darkness. He never glorified the darkness simply by His attention. I believe we have glorified the dark kingdom by our constant attention that's focused upon something. Now, now come on, I'm, I'm going to just ask you, let me stretch you this morning, amen. Now, we may go into spiritual warfare where there is a different realm. I'm talking about, amen, the creation of the earth is a parallel to your salvation. Your life was a chaotic mess until God came into your life and... Somebody ought to shout right there. And he turned the light on. In other words, he said, I can't organize your life until you turn the light on. Huh? In other words, you can't disciple an unbeliever because there ain't no light on in him. The first thing that happens to be done before your life can get organized is, are y'all getting this? That's why you can't just come in and join a church and go through a few classes, amen, and expect to walk in victory and have never had a born-again experience with God. I'm not saying you're perfect when you get saved, but if you truly get saved, light has shined into your life, and now you can begin to organize some stuff. Can I get a witness from anybody? Matter of fact, God's still organizing some stuff in my life. But it's easy to do with the light on. It's God Almighty, that was right there. You hear me? It's hard to organize a room in the dark. Anyway, we're going to go back and chew on that on some Saturday nights. God didn't confront the darkness, He didn't even honor the darkness with His attention. He simply said, Let there be light. Why? Simply because darkness is simply the absence of. Darkness is only filling a vacancy. Mm. That's all darkness can do. And the word divided, and, I, and I'm so tempted to go back. Y'all got to get the message two weeks ago because that stuff was rich. The, it means he drew a line. And he put darkness in its place. He did not annihilate darkness because he was going to use darkness to bring glory to the light. I'm not going back there. That's what we chewed on last time. Amen. That I need that ugly. In other words, it's my potential to be so bad that makes my being good so good. 
Is anybody listening to me? Amen. Because I got to move on. He drew a line and he made a distinction. That's what the word divided means, badal. He made a distinction between the light and the darkness. He exposed it and revealed it. Remember the first message was called divine division. This is what happens in a sinner's life is when God brings division in him and he sees himself for the ugly individual that he really is. Our problem is we don't preach a gospel no more to tell you how sinful and hateful and demonic you really are. Oh, God, somebody ought to help me. We just want you to come in, amen, and let's dress up the pig. But a pig is a pig is a pig. And you can clean him up and you can dress him up. My God, I feel something happening in this place. You can dress him up and you can clean him up, amen. And as long as you got the little pig right beside you, he's all right. But turn your back one minute, amen. And the whole time the pig's with you, he's looking Oh, if I just had me a mud hole. God, this is good preaching, ain't it? If I just had me a mud hole, amen. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I just praise you. Oh, if I just had me a mud hole. Golly, that was just too real. All of you on TV land, you get this. I always want to say that. We're not really on TV. Are y'all following me? Amen. So the light has to come on first. There has to be a division. The problem with the church is God brings division in our life and we're all a mess and we're all, we're all just in a frenzy because of division and then, then us, us glorified preachers are trying to soothe out the division in your life instead of saying it's God wrecking your life. It's God stabbing you with the sword of the Spirit. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. Uh, it's God. You ought to be praising God for the confusion and the division in your life. Amen. You can't live like a whore no more. Oh, somebody ought to help me. That just come out. I don't know why it just come out. Amen. You can't just run around and sleep around. Amen. And we want to come to the church and the preacher pass. It's going to be okay. Amen. That's an attaboy. Here's a participation trophy. Amen. At least you're here. The devil is a liar. There ain't no freedom in that. I said, there ain't no freedom in that. I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. I need division to come into my life. I learned a whole long time ago when people come up to ask me, do you think it's a sin to? You fill in the blank. You would be a fool to ask that question because obviously God's done stabbed the sword deep into your spirit because the word of God is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, even to the thoughts and the marrow. It's the division bringing conviction and I just can't sleep, Pastor. Praise the Lord. I hope you can't sleep. I hope you can't sleep. Oh, God. I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. Amen. That's good. They ought to be division. Oh, God. I don't know what to do. Instead of this, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God understands. It's called d divine division. God spent four days creating the earth. In four days, he was causing division. He divided this and he divided that. Amen. Some of you can't enjoy church, relationships, or nothing else because you live in a state of division that, oh, somebody help me, that God drew the line, he exposed it, and he said, now keep it where it belongs. Woo! 
Y'all okay? So he divided light from the darkness and he didn't rebuke the light. He didn't scream at the light. He didn't walk around, amen, uh, depressed because the light was over there. Amen. Are you listening to me? I was an alcoholic when I got saved. Um, amen. What was your devil? Don't look at me like that. I know you look all sweet, but you had a devil. <laughs> I know y'all had a devil. Hey, listen to me. Amen. And it would just have been good if he had just annihilated that out of my life. But what he did for future references is he just drew a line and he put my alcoholism where it belongs and then he turned the light on. Because God knew. God, somebody said, oh my God, why would he do something like that? Because God knows darkness has no power or ability within itself to intrude upon the light. He, oh my God, light just keeps the darkness out. And every now and then, I need, oh my God. And I'm so glad that that past is there because now when I get ready to glorify the new me, I point at the old me and I, oh my God. Woo! My God. So some of you are am I holy or am I not holy? Am I saved? Am I not saved? Are you kidding me? Amen. I need that past. Because I, I done preached it one time. Amen. Uh, Josh said next week we're going to have some uh, uh, fire poppers. Crackers. Firecrackers. Fireworks. We're going to have some fireworks. Well, we need to do an illustrated message next week. I want you to get out there before it gets... No, don't do it. It costs too much money. Get out there before it gets dark and pop them firecrackers. I bet you people are not going, ooh, ah, hey. Is that what y'all do? Y'all watching fire? Wow. Did you see that one? Huh? Why? Because they only... What, <laughs> Tammy, pray for me. What gives the fireworks their glory is the backdrop of darkness that is behind them. So God said, I'm just going to draw the line in the sand and I'm going to divide. I'm going to put darkness where it belongs. Amen. And I declare, let there be light. Let there be light. The reason God didn't have to rebuke the darkness is because I'm going to use this term, but it's kind of general. And I don't want you to take it uh, the wrong way. Simply because darkness does not exist. Scientifically. Scientifically, Darkness does not exist. Look it up. Google it. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Because you see, when God showed up to start creating, He didn't create darkness. Right? It was already there. And it was only there because the earth was without form and... So the darkness was simply filling a vacant spot. Listen to this. The word empty in my text, when the enemy comes back and finds the house empty. The word empty means void. If you're taking notes, it means void. It means vacant. Well, void and vacant, write this down, is the root word for vacuum. It's the root word from vacuum. So in other words, vacuum comes from 
a void. Science taught you this. I wish I had a balloon. Anybody got a balloon in your pocket? Left it at home. Kids? Balloons? What about a Ziploc baggie? Left that at home too, huh? Science teaches us that a vacuum is simply vacant atmosphere. Are y'all with me? A vacuum is simply a space without matter. So I could take a balloon and I could hold it here and I could blow it up and its contents would swell it up, right? And I could let the air out of it and hold it here and you would think that the balloon is empty, but there's still air in that balloon. But if I put a vacuum on the balloon and I suck out all the contents and air, what happens to it? So science teaches us that where there is a void, there's a vacuum. We're going somewhere with this. Where there is empty space, there is a compelling. Mm. Somebody's getting ahead of me. So, if darkness and light, if we can extend the metaphor now of darkness and light, and if darkness and light share the same asymmetry as good and evil, and we know it does, because your entire New Testament uses darkness and light for good and evil, then evil has no power within itself. Now, I know you're going to have two on this. It has no force of its own. Oh, God, I, I'm telling you, I've been shouting over this stuff. It's changing the way I read the Bible. Amen. I no longer know that I have to stand around and say, man, the devil's just, just beating on me today. Uh, amen. He's just hammering on me today. I'm just depressed today. Oh, you helped me so much with your little testimony. Amen. She didn't know. She could have went the rest of the day and the rest of your life in a defeated state or simply go turn the light on. Are you following me? So, so darkness, remember God said you can look at things in the natural and you can understand, understand things in the spiritual. So I hope you never think anymore that the, 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 there is no darkness that can get into this room right now. Why? Because there's no vacancy. It's filled with light. Oh, my God. Is the light coming on for anybody? Amen. And we don't have to be sitting in here saying, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hope the darkness don't get in here. I hope that darkness don't get us today. I hope. I hope I make it through the day without the darkness. God, I feel this. Uh, I just hope I make it without being depressed. I hope I make it without being oppressed. Amen. I come to tell you God taught you in Genesis chapter number one. Amen. All you got to do to overcome darkness is to feel the void. Feel the void. Amen. You're wrestling the wrong thing when you wrestle darkness. I'm going to get it. 
I'm going to get this devil. I'm going to get this devil. And Paul called it shadow boxing. I'm reading your lips. Thank you. Keep it coming. Amen. Until finally. I'm tired. Look at your neighbor and ask him, you tired? You tired? Yeah, you tired? Because there, it wears you out to swing and hit nothing more than to swing and hit something. Oh God, oh God, and you're just swinging, you're just swinging, and you're just swinging. This darkness, this this oppression, this depression, this sin, this cussing fear, this I don't know what your devil, amen. Uh, this, 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 this. I'm just gonna fight it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna control it, amen. And I'm gonna do this until finally you get tarred, you get tarred, you get tarred, and when you get tarred. Your light starts diminishing. An enemy starts pushing in. Amen. But remember, he, he's, he's, oh my God, oh my God. Are y'all still with me? So my text said, when the unclean spirit has come out of a man, he goes out in dry places looking for a place because a spirit needs a body to inhabit. Amen. And I have a Genesis principle I'd, I'd, I'd like to teach on that. It's found in the book of Genesis. It's also found in the demonic. The pigs, they said, please don't just make us wander around with nowhere. We need a body. We need something that we can manipulate. So he sent him into the pigs. So when the unclean spirit comes out of you, it's looking for a place to go. And when he can't find no place to go, he said, I know what I'll do. I'll go back to the place I'm familiar with. Boy, that needs to be taught. You ever had old relationships come knocking on your door? Oh, y'all are just being too holy this morning. Old acquaintances are going to come knock on your door. Don't judge me because alcoholism come knocking on my door when you was never an alcoholic. Because whatever you was in the bed with... Woo, he's on one this morning. That old girlfriend's coming back. That old boyfriend's coming back. That Why? Because you become one with it. You become one with it. And it thinks it has a right with you and over you. And he's going to come back knocking, amen, uh, on your door. So I know I'm helping some of y'all. I'm helping some people right here. You're saying, oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Thank you, Pastor. You just released me. I'm not still bound by alcoholism. He was just knocking. Oh God, I'm helping somebody right Oh, that's not who I am. He was just knocking. He, oh, somebody get your victory right there. That's not who I am anymore. But he did come back knocking. Amen. And the Bible says when he come back and finds. In other words, he's not coming back in power and dominion. He's sneaking around. Let me see. Let me see. I can't go in by invitation because the Bible says when he finds it empty, empty means void or vacant, which where we get our root word vacuum. So in other words, if he comes back, oh, and here's the deal, he finds it all swept and garnished. Just as saved as I can be. Swept out all the nasty stuff. Amen. Got my religious furniture in. 
See my new furniture? You can't buy a new house and not get new furniture, right? Got all your religious furniture in. Amen. You think that you being saved and your house being clean and you having religious calisthenics in your house will stop him? Mm-mm. You better turn some lights on. Oh, my God. You better... You better turn some lights on in that place. Amen. Because, and here's the thing about it. You're rebuking something you invited to come in. See, because void, empty means void or vacant, which is why we get word vacuum. So in essence, amen, if I leave an empty space in my mind, it... Yeah, it, it sucks him back in. In other words, it means invitation. It means permission. So you can't kick a tenant out that you've given permission. You, 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 you're not winning because you gave him permission to live there. Amen. By leaving an empty spot in your life. No wonder the Bible says whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure. Think on these things because if you do not occupy your mind with the good, it opens the door of opportunity for the evil. Oh my God. You're fighting the wrong devil. You're the devil. Oh, that was too much. I can tell by that look that wouldn't, that wouldn't, I need to redo that. I retract that last statement. No, you're not the devil. See, I, there's always been a squabble whether a Christian can be demon-possessed or not. I still stand on the fact that I don't believe a demon can be uh, demon-possessed. Either you're possessed by God or you're possessed by the devil when we're talking about possession. But I do believe now that the enemy can move back in on territory that really belongs to God. Matter of fact, you're the proof of it. And I meant all of y'all, not you. You're the proof of it. I mean, God ain't thinking what you was thinking a while ago. Some of y'all missed that. God didn't think that about her when she walked by. That's just subtle rebuke right there. Y'all didn't even catch it. No, no, that wasn't God. So that means you must have left a little void there for him just to move in there. And he may be living right on the outskirts, but he's there. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Just give me just one, one little, just give me one little corner. Just give me one little corner. Just leave one little corner with the light off. Just give me one little corner to where you're not meditating on the things of God. Amen. Because uh, that is then my invitation and my opportunity. And then we want people. I'm not against exorcism. I believe devils can be cast out and need to be cast out. But I'm not talking to the unbeliever right now. I'm talking about to the believer. Amen. Because I've been in situations where we cast out the same devils over and over and over. And they never put this sign up when we got through. Amen. They left that void because disobedience. Oh my God. The vacancy of disobedience is the, uh, uh, or let me rephrase that. The vacancy of obedience is disobedience permission.
Did you catch that? My disobedience creates a vacuum. <laughs> creates a vacuum. So how do I kick disobedience out of my life? Uh, turn off all the lights. Come on, everybody in the back. Everybody turn out all the lights. Come on. Uh, there's, man, we got lights everywhere. So how do I kick disobedience out of my life? Well, if the metaphor can be shared and goodness and evil shares the same asymmetry as darkness and light, then I'm going to give you an illustration. I don't like this darkness in here. Darkness, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Go! If I spin around on one foot three times. My God, this would be funny if it wasn't the way we look at things. I know what I need to do. I need to get some exorcist. Have we got any exorcists in the building? I need y'all to bind together with me and cast this thing out of my life. Would y'all, would y'all help me cast this thing out of my life? Amen. And, and we're screaming and spitting and rolling you around in the floor and messing your hair up. And, and, and Satan's sitting back over his leg crossed with a cup of tea saying, What? You can't kick me out. I got papers to be here. I got, I got, I got, I got permission from my landlord, to be here. And you think you're going to kick me out? I have right power of attorney right here granted me by this individual that you're smearing all on. Uh, you can get them greasy as Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm just going to enjoy the grease. <laughs> Woo! Uh, oh, my God. He's teaching this morning. He can't even see. Amen. So the only way I can get darkness out of... Okay, are we going to be able to do this simultaneously? Nisha, uh, Hondi, amen. The only way that I can get the darkness of disobedience out of my life when I clap my hands, that's your cue, is... Obedience. Wow. Wow, that is too simple. You know why you don't like it? Because it just put the responsibility back where God put it in the book of Genesis. Come here telling me, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm special. I got special addictions. Your special addiction is the addic- you're addicted to being special. Yeah. <laughs> I got a scripture for you. There is no temptation taking you but such as common to special people. Uh, but God is faithful to deliver you out of every... Oh, oh, with every temptation there is a way of escape. Somebody shout, turn the light on. Turn the light on. So when he comes back, he finds it all religious. But he finds an empty spot. He finds an empty spot, and that is his invitation. Now the scriptures mean so much more to me. Neither give place to the devil. Somebody quote, that's one scripture you can memorize before you leave here. Where's that at, Nisha? For Ephesians 4, 23 or something like that? Oh, God, I wish I gave it to you. Amen. I won't, let's, let's do some scripture memorization. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them, neither give place to the devil. 
neither give place to the devil. Okay, now y'all quote it back to me without my help. Do you understand the scripture you just quoted? That if the devil has place, which means spot, position, opportunity, or permission. So in other words, the devil has to have your permission to invade your life. Amen. Not you just open the door bluntly telling you to come in, but simply by you leaving a void in your life. Amen. Now you understand why you better pick that Bible up. Now you understand why you better get the light burning inside of you. Now, oh, is anybody in this place? Amen. Because darkness is right outside this building and it has no power. No force unless I give it space in my life. Somebody shout with me, no vacancy. You're struggling all the time because you're leaving all these vacant spots. You're just, you're just sucking up devils. You just kind of suck that one up. My God, that's so real. It's really real. Sucked up another one. Sucked up another one. And then you want to come and counsel all that stuff out? Amen. I'm telling you, I got one, one, one most powerful, powerful uh, view of counseling now. Turn the light on. I can't turn your light on. You turn it on. Matter of fact, it's almost foolish now to me. And it's so funny, I still get a lot of texts from a lot of people and me and my wife's caught this revelation, and, and now we just kind of shake our head like, poor thing. And I'm, I'm talking about dedicated people who's always talking about fighting, 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 fighting. I've come to a place where I can rest. I'm not fighting anymore. Oh, my God, somebody get a hold of this. You mean... These thoughts don't come. I didn't say that. My darkness is right outside my light just like yours is. But see, now I've changed my tactic. I'm not addressing that thing and giving it any honor at all anymore. I'm filling my mind now. To me now, the whole scripture I used to build my salvation by works on is casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know how I cast that thing down now? I don't wrestle with that thought. I just feel that void with something righteous, with something holy. Matter of fact, we finna do a little illustration. The little African man taught me one time that was the most shallow, elementary, powerful, profound, and deep collegiate thing I ever heard. All right, y'all ready? I want y'all to do this with me. I want y'all to obey my commands. Okay, y'all with me? If you don't obey, you're a sinner. In my eyes. I want you right now, not out loud, when I say go, I want you to start counting from one to ten. In your mind, don't even open your mouth. One, two, three, four, okay? And when I give you the next command, I want you to obey it out loud, real loud, okay? Okay, go, start counting in your mind. What is your name? Did you see that you were in a train of thought 
until I ask you your name and you had to abandon your counting to speak what I told you. You had to abandon your thinking. Some of you are sitting right here, right now, totally defeated and don't know why. Are miserable in your lifestyle right now and you don't even know why. And you are one simple step from turning everything completely around and it's simply by turning the light on. It's by abandoning your way of thinking. Let a man forsake his ways and his thoughts because there's a way that seems right to you that is leading to your destruction. He said, let him abandon it because my ways and my thoughts are higher. You can change your whole life by the Holy Spirit of God declaring the Word of God over your life instead of continuing in the mindset you're in right now. Do you know I got to quit? But do you know what repent means? It literally means to change your mind. See, you can't do that if you're not man enough or woman enough to repent. You're so right and your ways are destroying you. People around you living in peace and joy and you're so hung up on you and you being right and too proud to fall on your knees and say, God, I repent of my mindset. I got to have a new way of thinking. And God can come in and turn the light on that changed an entire atmosphere for you in just one split second. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? Fear is faith vacated. And faith vacated is fear's invitation. Doubt is confidence vacated. So in essence, I'm going to go with a scientist just a little bit and say, in a sense, that stuff does not exist. It's just given life by me leaving a void in my life. That Satan, this is the good news of my salvation, Satan can't come beating on my door and telling me I'm going to rule the roost today. Now the scriptures make sense. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Neither peril, sword, persecution, famine, or hunger. All of that cannot penetrate the life in my life. Amen. He said, no, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. Neither height nor death, principalities, power, spiritual wickednesses in high places cannot separate me from my love of God. Now, every time you walk in the house and turn a light switch on, I want it to preach volumes to you. That that light's got to stay out till I turn the light on. And it's got to go out when I turn the light on. Do I believe in counseling? Absolutely. But only for potential subjects. 
only for potential subjects. Because there's no use counseling someone who has filled their voids with their own wisdom and their own intelligence and their own intellect. Because that has become their God and their light. And I can tell in just a minute, I can tell in just a minute, if you're wanting some light to shine in, amen, or are we just going through some kind of religious ritual? Have I helped anybody in this place this morning? So I want to close out with a little bit of a kidney punch. Ignorance is knowledge vacated. And knowledge vacated is ignorance invited. And God said, I so created this world with principles that anybody that is human with five senses can understand it. He said, you're without excuse. So when we stand before God, all your religious rhetoric and all the reasons you're like you are the way you are are going to sound so foolish to a God who knows everything. That's one side of it. The other side of it is, today if I have done my job well and if you have been receptive, I just changed your whole te technique of spiritual warfare. Are you with me? That I'm, I'm not the victim here. I'm the victor. And what makes me victorious is the light of God that is inside of me. Catch this last scripture. The book of John, Jesus said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? Any man that walketh in the day does not stumble because he walks by the light of the world. But if any man walks in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. Are you tired of stumbling? And the word stumble there I think you need, it don't just necessarily mean to trip. Do y'all ever trip over the lines in the mall between the tile? Or is only just my wife? Hospitals. She'll just be walking down and... But... The word stumble there don't mean just to trip. It means to be tripped up. It means to be tripped up. So there's always going to be things in the way. One more illustration. Turn out all the lights. He said, there's, there's 12 hours in the day. There's still too much light. Shut the screen. No, you can't shut the screen down. That's all right. Or can you put up a black screen? See, there's all kind of obstacles in this room right here. And if any man tries to navigate his life in the dark, then he is going to, oh, ouch. And for some of you, a few little choice. Are y'all following me? If a man tries to walk in the night, he's going to be tripped up because you can't not walk a spiritual walk without the light on. Because there's obstacles. And I don't have to back up and say, I rebuke you, you bitch, in the name of Jesus. What do you mean jumping out there and tripping me up like that? All I got to do is, all right, let there be light. And then I can just kind of, 
alcoholism's over here, and drug addiction's over here, and ugly's over here. <laughs> Are y'all following me? Huh? See, God, oh, God ain't got to take it all away. Matter of fact, he wants to leave it so that we that are in the light can just navigate around it so that, oh, oh my God. So those that are tripping over it say, oh, my God, I need the light that he's operating. My God, stand with me all over this bill. I got to stop. I don't understand why I keep tripping over this stuff. Really? Turn the light on. You walk around in darkness. You ever get mad at people for no reason? I had one honest person. You know, just the spirit of offense comes on you. And they can't nobody do nothing right. You know what that is? That's the absence of edification. This is too simple. You've just left a void. And, and listen to this. The earth is evil by default. Right? You can't get mad because this is the way things work. Blame Adam. The earth uh, is evil by default. Therefore, good can only be maintained by continual effort. Because see, darkness don't have no source, so it don't need nothing to keep it going. But every light has to have a source. Mm, my God, that's part two right there. You're cold and you're clammy and you're contentious simply because you're letting the fire go out. And it's getting hard to see. And when things get dim, all you see is all the negative. You with me, Lace? Thank you for your testimony. If you can't see clearly, the devil tell you anything about you and everybody else around you. But when you turn the light on, you ain't got to rebuke that devil. All you got to do is turn the light on and start saying what God says. Because you can't say two things at the same time. It's just the same as you can't count and say your name at the same time. Whoo, this is spiritual warfare in its finest. Spiritual warfare in its finest right here. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Satan himself came against him. And every time Satan throwed a punch, what did Jesus do? Turn the light on. It is written. It is written. So therefore, part of your defeat is your lack of knowledge of the word. Part of your defeat is the little light you live by. Because you're speaking in tongues and you're shouting and you're dancing or whatever it is you do, it will not expel darkness. Nothing but this word. Well, I take that back about speaking in tongues. Because when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking light. The Holy Spirit is light. And he starts speaking the light of this word and the enemy can no longer stay in your life. So I want you to leave here with this taste in your mouth. If you're defeated, you invited it. When the unclean spirits come out of man, he's just looking for a void. And darkness is, is amazing in its sense is that it's always present. 
just, just, just dim them lights. Just dim them lights. Just, 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 just get out of that relationship one minute. Huh? Yeah, just put that prayer on the back burner. Just put that Bible study on the back burner. Just, just, just put that family relationship on the back burner. Just, just put that coming and assembling yourselves together on the back burner. Just, just put it on. If you give me any little shadow, I'm coming in there. I'm coming in there. Look at your neighbor and tell them, with, with everything that's within you, no vacancy. No vacancy. Benny, you have proven to be one of the most faithful men in this church, and I can call you at any given time, surely, for sure. This is no, and you're always there. And I am so thankful for that. But that is not the source of my victory. And I don't have to have it to maintain what God gave me. Now, I know that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's, that's hard for some of us because I know we help one another, we encourage one another. I understand all that. But when my source becomes something outside of the light that's in me, I am in trouble because, Benny, you, you're getting on up there. <laughs> and you ain't going to live forever. And you are human. As perfect as you are, you are human. Are y'all listening to me? And this is the good news of salvation to me. Is that he put light in me that we can walk in the darkest of the dark. And I don't have to worry about it. I've heard men say, I got to quit this job. They cuss too much out here. Really? Fruit, they don't cuss on your job, do they? That's saying darkness is penetrating my light. Are you following me? No. It can't get, it can't. It has to have a void. It has to have an invitation. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.